All right, turn to Revelation 5. It is an honor once again to be here at your church with Brother Muncie. All right, it's good to be here tonight. Don't miss tonight at 5 o'clock. Um, if I had to pick one message for the day, it would have been tonight's. Yeah, I was going to do that one now, but I've, I'm going to do it tonight. It's going to be something you've... Very few of you will have ever heard what I'm going to talk about this evening. We're going to, we're going to go, to, go to two Old uh, well, one Old Testament Bible. Well, actually, they're both Old Testament because John is still Old Testament until you get to the cross. And uh, we're going to talk about two Bible stories and what they mean to us in, in light of prophecy. And uh, we're going to talk about barley and the barley harvest in Israel and some things about that and what that all means. And uh, are these just little stories in the Bible for our entertainment or do they mean something? And uh, I promise you, they're, they're, they mean something. All right. We left off in Sunday school this morning with, uh, in the book of Revelation. We were giving you a little summary of the book. We didn't get very far because of Russia and the Ukraine. We got off on that at the beginning. And uh, we're probably not going to talk about them during this service, uh, all, except to say this. It's all about a kingdom. It's always been about a kingdom. Since Adam and Eve were in the garden, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, when Adam was given something from God way back there in Genesis, he was given authority over something. He was given the dominion of the planet and that's really what this is all about. It's for 6,000 years now almost. It's, it's it, all the skirmishes, all the battles, all the wars and rumors of wars. It's man fighting over a kingdom. Jesus was offered that kingdom in, 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 uh, during his earthly ministry when he, when he went up on the mountain for 40 days. He was offered a kingdom. Uh, Satan showed him, he, said, he showed him the kingdoms of the world. And he said, all these will I give you if you bow down and worship me. And we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. So if you want to take your Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 5, that's where we're going to begin. And a very important chapter of Revelation. If you skip Revelation 5, you will not understand Revelation chapter 6 through chapter 19. And I dare say many of the people sitting here have never thought through what I'm going to discuss with you in this session today about Revelation 5. Um, I went through Bible college. I had no clue about many of these. I, I learned very little prophecy in Bible college. And where's my clicker here? Jim Park. Okay. Um, so let's, uh, if you can see that, you don't need to see it, but I'm going to, I'm going to have some slides for you in the back there. Prophecy in the Spotlight is, uh, is our ministry. Uh, you can go to our website. Everything is there. My bookstore is there. Um, uh, the Facebook page, the, uh, we're, we're being, uh, we're being, uh, censored on there. We can't do much on Facebook, but, um, we're there. We have thousands of followers, but they, most people don't see anything because, because I've been spreading disinformation, they said. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the Bible's disinformation for Facebook. So, um, anyway, uh, we, uh, we, we do what we can on there. The YouTube channel, we have to be careful on there as well. Uh, every now and then we'll do a show about uh, some doctors and COVID and all that. And we can't put that on YouTube. Well, we'll put it on our Rumble channel. We have a Rumble channel. Rumble channel. Sounds like a fight, right? And uh, so we have uh, all that's on the website you can find. Here's the studio. We have a TV show that airs every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern on CTN, Christian Television Network. 
I don't necessarily think most of you are going to want to watch most of the stuff on there, uh, but I'm just letting you know that we're there uh, through the through the gifts of people that want us there, and so it's, it's thousands of dollars to be on televisions. It's on Nationwide, Dish, Satellite, Roku, um, we're, and then they replay that show on Tuesday night at 11. I guess they like us. I don't know, but uh, or maybe they're desperate. But uh, um, so that's my partner there, uh, Dr. Charles Hiltabill. He's my partner on the on the TV show, and uh, we uh, this takes up a lot of our time. Uh, we go to the studio every couple of weeks and we do shows, and we also have a radio program that just started about seven or eight weeks ago. We're on 40 some stations across the country. And I uh, don't think we're on in your area, but, but we also record that on videos for YouTube as well. So there's actually three YouTube videos a week if you're interested in, in hearing more about prophecy. Uh, that's basically what we do uh, is prophecy. Um, there's the, here's the, the book we did uh, for Sunday School. This book also talks about, a little bit about what we're going to dis- discuss today. It's a study guide for the book of Revelation. And... Uh, and I just realized I'm in the wrong one. No wonder. <laughs> Let's get out of there. Let me go find the one I'm supposed to be in here. Uh, I'd have figured it out after a while. All right. I might have etched it out because it's not there. Let me get rid of that. Let me get rid of that one. That one's tonight. That one's not. So I got to go find it. I'm not sure what those ladies did up here. Where were them ladies? I want to talk to you ladies in the office after church. Uh, let me find my, uh, um, there it is right there. The seven sealed book. It was up here. Uh, I know it was up here, but anyway, we'll get her back. And uh, all right, so we, uh, my wife will be, uh, my wife is sitting right over here. And she uh, is a tremendous help in the ministry with us. And she runs the cameras. She's our program engineer at the studio. And she preach, She writes my sermon. No, but anyway, she does a lot of work with my books and uh, covers and, uh, and all that. And I think we're on here. Uh, most of my book covers back there, my wife, my wife did those. All right, I used to host Prophecy News. That's what that is. Um, there we go. There's some of the books on the back table back there. By the way, the KJB book back there, uh, I will show you the King James Bible in the book of Revelation uh, in that book. Uh, the Mystery of the Jubilee, uh, there's some other books there. Um, all right, so let's get started. Revelation chapter 5. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the times that we live in. You have chosen to bring us into this world during such a time as this. You brought us, we're the generation that if we live uh, a few more years here is most likely going to hear that trumpet and we're going to be raptured out of here. I really believe we are the final generation upon this earth. And I believe the Lord is getting ready to come. I believe uh, in heaven preparations are already being made if, uh, if we can imagine such a thing. The trumpet is probably already out of the case and, uh, and time is at hand. And we're told to watch and wait. We're told to be ready. We're told to be to be occupy until he comes. And Lord, I pray that, uh, that what we do today in this service will be a, an encouragement and a help to the children of God and to help get us ready for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, what we're going to look at here. In this brief time that we have, we got about four, uh, 35, 40 minutes at the most. Um, 
we're going to talk about the seven seal book in Revelation 5. Um, we're going to talk about the dominion of planet Earth and what that means and what it meant for Adam and what it means for Satan, what it means for us today, what it's going to mean during the tribulation. Uh, and it's a very important topic because you will not grasp fully the opening of the seals if you don't realize what that book is. And uh, we're going to talk about a title deed and what a title deed is, the kinsman redeemer. And the, and the requirements of a kinsman redeemer, who is, the kinsman, who is our kinsman redeemer. And we'll talk about the law of redemption, the law of redemption. And by the way, the book, the whole Bible is all about redemption, isn't it? It's what it's all about. All the Bible stories you read in the Bible from, uh, from the, the, the rod being thrown in the water and the brazen serpent, all the stories of the Bible. What, what is the theme of the Passover lamb, the blood on the doorpost? It's all about redemption, isn't it? God created man to fellowship with. When man sinned, that fellowship was broken. God wants to restore that fellowship. He paid the price for sin, for, for, the, for the sins of the whole world, not for just a few of us. He paid the, for the sins of the entire world. And uh, he paid that sin debt, and man simply has to come to him and receive that redemption free of charge. And glory to God, hallelujah, amen. That's, that's the end of the story. And, uh, but man, even though we get saved, we, we still stray from him. And see, it's all about God wants to fellowship fellowship with us. He wants to have a relationship with his people. And uh, that's, what, uh, that's what it's all about. He created us for that. And he wants to redeem the lost and he wants to fellowship with those who are the redeemed, the saints, the Bible calls us. And uh, there is a law of redemption. And there's the Revelation study guide back there. So Revelation 5, let's begin. Revelation 5 begins uh, very interestingly with a, a God sitting on the throne with a book in his right hand. That's, that's the beginning of uh, the, basically the beginnings of the, the, the tribulation period and the revelation uh, that we read in the book. If you get through the introduction of chapter 1 and the seven churches of 2 and 3, you get to chapter 4 and you'll see that whoever is sitting on the throne that John sees. By the way, the first thing John sees at the rapture in chapter 4 is not God. The very first thing he sees is a throne. Then he says, he saw a throne and him that sat on it. Now, remember now, remember, John's a Jew, isn't he? What, are the, what, are the, what were the Jews looking for when Jesus showed up? A king and a kingdom, right? Remember I said it's all about a kingdom? I guarantee you that's what it was about for the Jews. They thought the Messiah had come to set up the kingdom. Now, this may, some of you may differ with this, and that's fine. Just, you know, we, can, we can get through this. Just hang on. Jesus, they thought, they wanted him to set up the kingdom, throw Rome out, and, and, uh, and that's one of the reasons they rejected him. He didn't come for that. He came to be the redeemer. I believe the church age was always going to be there. I believe it was part of, part of the history of prophecy, the church age. Uh, otherwise, why the six days of creation, the seventh day God rested? I believe there had to be, there was going to be a 6,000-year earth. I believe it was set in stone. I believe it was foreordained before the foundation of the world, just like Christ was foreordained and he died in the eyes of God. Christ died before he founded the earth. Now, you can't understand that because that's outside of time where God sits. God sees the beginning from the end. He didn't, he didn't orchestrate it and he didn't, make, he didn't decide who got saved and who didn't, like the Calvinists say. But he, in his foreknowledge and, and outside of time, he already knows who's going to accept him and who isn't. 
And uh, so you can't go too far with that. You'll, 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 you'll have brain, you'll have brain freeze um, because God is outside of time and we, we can't comprehend it. And uh, so what we see in Revelation is, is, is this thing about uh, the kingdom. And uh, the apostles, remember after Jesus dies on the cross and, he's, and he walks the earth for 40 days, he's getting ready in Acts chapter 1. And I think in verse 10 is where he ascend. He's going to ascend back to heaven, right? And, uh, and he's going to tell them to hang on for 10 days, tarry in Jerusalem till you've been endued with power from on high. And by the way, they're going to understand a lot more at, on the day of Pentecost than they do at this time. But you remember what the apostles did in Acts chapter 1? They asked him a question. What do you suppose they asked him? Lord, what's it like outside? In heaven? What's heaven like? They didn't ask that. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, well, what, what, this thing about the Trinity, can you explain that a little more for us? No, they didn't ask that. What did they ask him? Lord, and I'm, and I'm not going to say this exactly right, so don't, don't shoot me. I don't, I don't have the verse memory. Something like this. Lord, wilt thou at this time restore unto Israel the kingdom? They still didn't get it, did they? They're still looking for the kingdom, throw Rome out. And, and by, by the way, when the Jews are talking about the kingdom, they're talking about the kingdom that they're going to that they're going to rule over with him, with the Messiah. Um, they, they they didn't care two cents about the Gentiles out there. This was about them and the Messiah and their kingdom uh, that we call, of course, the millennial kingdom. Jesus really didn't even answer the question. He he, he made some statements, and of course, Acts one eight is in there. And, uh, you know, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. Jesus kind of ignored it because they, they just, they weren't ready for it yet. And, uh, but I think you and I need to realize the Jews back in that day were not looking for a savior. They were looking for a kingdom. That is still true to this day. They are waiting on their Messiah to show up and set up the kingdom and begin the temple worship again, that's what they're waiting on. If you go over, if you talk to uh, uh, the, the, the religious Jews over in Israel, you talk to any of them, uh, don't talk to them over here. The guys over here are liberal. They don't believe nothing. But you talk to the religious Jews who, who believe the Old Testament. They believe their Messiah is alive. They believe he's coming any day. They're looking for him. I don't know why God's people in the church aren't looking for, for the Messiah, uh, but the Jews are. And the Muslims are looking for their Messiah, their, their, if, their, their imam that's going to come up out of that well. The Catholics don't believe in the rapture. They, the Catholics believe they're going to bring in the kingdom. See, it's all going to happen all at the same time. Jesus is going to take us out. The Jews are going to get their Messiah, but he's the false Messiah. They just don't know it. They're going to get the Antichrist. Uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Islams and uh, the, the imam, they're, they're going to believe he's that guy too. The kingdom is going to come in. The Catholic Church is going to bring in the kingdom. And uh, it ain't the kingdom we read about. It ain't the kingdom we want to be a part of. It's, it's going to be the one world kingdom here on this earth. All right. So John is a Jew. What's the first thing John sees at the rapture? The throne. Now, after what I just told you, do you understand why the first thing he sees is the throne? Because he's looking for a kingdom. And there, and there it is. Here's the throne. I mean, it must have been something to see. Uh, I know we've all been taught all of our life, first thing we're going to see is Jesus. Well, that's not, that Jesus isn't even seen till the next chapter, chapter 5. Uh, John doesn't see Jesus. He sees a throne and him that sat on it. And five, six, seven, eight times that same phrase is mentioned in Revelation 4 and 5, he that sitteth on the throne. 
Now, we could get into a big theological argument over this, couldn't we? That's Jesus on that throne. Well, I got news for you. It's not. It's God the Father on the throne. Jesus is over here in the midst of the four and twenty elders. I believe the saints in heaven at the rapture. I believe that that's where he is. And uh, we'll get to it here. But let, let's, let's read on here. Chapter 5. Uh, you, you might be able to see it up there, but it's probably a little small for some of you. And I saw the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Now, to fully understand this book that we're reading about, you got to understand a, a story in the Old Testament uh, called the book of Ruth. It's not the book of Naomi. She was, she was Hebrew. It's not the book of Boaz, who was the guy who's going to be the, the kinsman redeemer. It's the book of Ruth, who is a, a, a heathen. <laughs> she's from another country. And uh, uh, she's going to become a believer. She's going to, he's going to, she's going to become a believer. She's going to be redeemed. And uh, she is what the book's about. And uh, she, you know the story of Ruth. And the story of Ruth is the story of Boaz redeeming the property of Naomi, who's been gone for, what, 10 years? And her property is all grown up. It's heavily mortgaged. It's uh, the tax bill. See, taxes didn't start here in America. Taxes has been around a long time. And Naomi's property is heavily taxed. And, and uh, she, was, she, she had nothing. And she's a widow. And nobody to work the land, nobody to do anything. And of course, you know the story. Ruth is sent to glean in the fields. Uh, she's a Moabitess. She's hated by the Jews. She's, uh, she, she's, she's, she's nothing to them. And she comes back with, with Ruth. She says, your God shall be my God. Where you go, I'll go. And, and, uh, and so she's gleaning in the fields of Boaz. And then she either was a, a very pretty girl or God just smacks Boaz inside the head. We don't know which. But Boaz asked one day, uh, uh, who's, that, who's that damsel out there? Who, who is that? Now, you know what that's about, right? He, he, had, he had his eye on her. She was... She had gotten his attention, so he's asking his men, who is that? Well, that's that Moabitess woman. Pay no attention to her. That's, she came back with Naomi. Uh, she's the widow of one of Naomi's boys, and uh, uh, he got his eye on her. He got, he got bitten. He got smitten, didn't he? And what a love story. We, uh, but that's not just a, a story for entertainment placed in the Bible. That is a story to explain the law of the kinsman redeemer. And the kinsman redeemer is a type of what? the kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he is the kinsman redeemer for you and I. But the kinsman redeemer didn't just redeem people. He, could re he would redeem properties. He went into the uh, city hall or the, the, at the square there. He went in and uh, as a kinsman redeemer, he had the right to look at the books. And he found out what was owed. On, of course, it's sealed. It's a sealed book. Nobody can look at it except a kinsman redeemer. And he goes in and he finds out what's owed on the property. He says, of course, there was one ahead of him. And you know the story there. The other guy comes in. Yeah, I want that property. And they, oh, but you also got to redeem uh, the family. You got to bring, you got you to provide children to that family or the family will die off. And, uh, and you got to marry Ruth. Naomi's too old. You got to marry Ruth and bring children into that family. And that's when he drew the line. No way, Jose, he said. She's a Moabitess. I'll mar mine inheritance. Look what he gave up. Ruth is in the lineage of David and Jesus Christ. Whew. Wow. By the way, so was, uh, so was the lady in, uh, in Jericho there up on the wall. And uh, what was her name? Rahab. Rahab, Rahab the harlot. Is in the, she was in the lineage of Boaz. 
so interesting who God uses, huh? And, uh, and, and the miracles there. But um, so the other guy returns, turns it away. She ta- you know, he takes the shoe off, the, the shoe comes off and, you know, all the disrespect. And, and so Boaz gladly becomes the kinsman redeemer and redeems the property. And then the end of the story, of course, the lineage goes to uh, Jethro. And then David is born. David is in the lineage and, all, of course, all the way to Jesus. And what a story. But it's a story that helps us understand this book in Revelation 5. This book, I believe, is the title deed to planet Earth. And I believe it's in the right hand of God on the throne. It is, it is mortgaged it is under, because the world is under the curse. You got to go all the way back to Genesis and the fall of man. And you got you to see what happened. God cursed man. Man became a sinner. Man is lost, needs a redeemer. Uh, Satan is cursed. Uh, but, but God also cursed the earth. That's why Romans says the whole world groaneth in travail awaiting what? The redemption. The earth hasn't been redeemed yet. I got news for you. We're coming back to, to help set up a kingdom here. Uh, I say help. I mean, we don't, get to, we don't get to even pull a sword in the battle of Armageddon. It just, boom, it's over just like that. But uh, he's coming back to this earth to set up the kingdom. He ain't going to set up a kingdom on a cursed earth. That's what this book says. The, the book, the, the, the earth is under a curse and is un, it is under the ownership of Satan himself. That's why he's called the God of this world. Remember in, uh, in uh, Luke 4, 4, I think it is. Uh, remember when uh, Jesus, the story I just gave you, he, uh, Satan says, uh, bow down to me. All these kingdoms you see, uh, I'll give them all to you. And, and you know, we've all, we've all preached this. We've all, bless God, he just offered Jesus what's already his. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. It was a valid offer. Who is the God of this world? Satan. How come? Because Adam... When Adam sinned in Genesis, not Eve, Adam. Eve sinned too, but that's another story. Adam is the bloodline. When Adam sinned, that's why everybody that comes from Adam is a sinner because we all have that tainted blood that came from Adam. And the blood of the child in the womb comes from the man, not the woman. That's the beauty of the virgin birth. That was not Mary's blood in in the veins of Jesus Christ. That's why in Acts 20, it says, the church which he has purchased with his own blood, sinless blood. Very important. The virgin birth is, is about life being born in a woman, but it didn't come from an earthly father. It came from God. It's God's blood. It's a, it's a, it's a miracle. And uh, very important you understand that. The blood comes from the man, not the woman. The blood of Mary, the blood of the female never enters the veins of that child in the womb. Some of you are looking at me funny. Because it doesn't, doesn't make sense, does it? What do you mean? The baby's connected and, you know, you got the, oh, I mean, the, the mother feeds it and everything. Now, that's okay. It comes from the seed of the man. The seed of the man. Genesis 3 talks about some of that. The seed of the woman. The seed of the woman in the virgin birth was not the seed of Mary. Mary doesn't, the woman doesn't have a seed. The man has a seed, right? Well, this is biology class now. <laughs> um, the man has the seed. Where did the seed of the woman come from? Holy Ghost, okay? Um, Satan doesn't have a seed. The Bible talks about the, the seed of Satan and the seed of the woman. Uh, well, the Satan no more, no more has a seed than the woman has a seed. You got to understand what the passage is talking about. So what's it all about? It's all about a kingdom, God 
built, God created the worlds. They're his. The earth is the Lord. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, Psalms tells us. God gave dominion of the planet to Adam. That's why Adam was told to name all the animals. They're his. He owned it all. He was a rich man. He owned the whole planet. He owned every chimpanzee and every giraffe and, and every dinosaur or whatever was here. He owned it all. It was his. He named them. And then sin came. When Adam sinned, not only did he become a sinner and, and, uh, and now he's going to die physically and spiritually if he doesn't get redeemed. And we know that he did because lambskins were placed on him. You say, well, it doesn't say lambskins. I know that. Uh, but it does say that Christ is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It would only make sense to, to anybody, obviously, that God killed lambs and placed lambskins on Adam and Eve. But we, we, you know, we're not going to argue about that. I know the Bible doesn't come out and say that. Um, but you think it was a raccoon skin? I mean, think about it. Why, why do we argue over stuff like this anyway? But uh, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It was a lamb that was killed and blood was put on the doorpost in the book of Exodus. And I believe it was a lamb or, or lambs that were killed for Adam and Eve as a type of their trust in, in, in the Messiah that would one day pay their sin debt. And uh, it, it's, the, it's the story of the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Redemption. But it's also the story of a kingdom that was handed to Adam. He was given the dominion. Well, let's, let's read a little more here. Verse 2, And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Crickets. Maybe they didn't hear you. I'll say that again. The strong angel. <clears throat> he proclaimed with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? And to loose the seven seals thereof. Not a person raised their hand in the audience. Nobody in heaven, nobody under heaven, nobody in earth, nobody under the earth. Nobody stepped up and said, here I am. I can open it. Do you see what's going on here? This is the story of Ruth. This is the story of the kinsman redeemer. Only a near kinsman had the authority to open the seal and to redeem property or, or wife or the things that could be redeemed. A slave could be redeemed. Only a near kinsman could do that. So the angel cries out, who's worthy? Uh, John, are you worthy? He didn't raise his hand. He didn't even know what was going on for some of it, but uh, who's worthy? Nobody, nobody up there. Look what it says. Verse three, and no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Got to be a near kinsman to look at that book. Got to be a near kinsman to open one of them seals and see what's owed, what the, what the cost of this, this redemption is. Look at verse four, Revelation five, verse four. I'll change the slide for you. Look, at, look what it says here. Now this, this blows our doctrine away. You know, the Bible's a good commentary on itself. Well, bless God when I get to heaven, no more tears. Where's that in the Bible? Well, that day's coming, but not yet. Look at here, verse 4. Now, where is John? He's in heaven. Now, I realize he's not bodily there. I, I believe his body is, is on the island of Patmos. I think in his mind, most likely, in, in his spirit, in his mind, he's gone to heaven to see the future. And, uh, but look what it says about John. And I wept much. He begins to weep uncontrollably. Can you see somebody in heaven? Everybody's up there. And, and somebody, you ever been around somebody at a funeral? My nephew did this. And, and God, God bless him. His, uh, his, you know, 
And just all of a sudden, just, you know, one of them sobbed. I mean, one of them, you know, where it's almost embarrassing, just uncontrollable weeping. I have that problem sometimes. I'm, I'm a bad crier. And uh, I, find, I find Brother Muncie, the older I get, I, I cry more. Um, I don't know why that is, but uh, things hit me more now than they did when I was younger, I guess. And, uh, but John in heaven begins to weep uncontrollably. Maybe because he's still attached to the earth and he's just kind of there in a vision kind of a thing, but it doesn't say anybody else is crying, but John begins to weep uncontrollably. Why? Well, let's look what it says here. I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look therein or thereon. Verse 5, and one of the elders, that's one of them four and twenty over there, one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not! Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Verse 6, and behold, lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, see, all the way to Revelation 5, 6, and 7 before Jesus ever shows up in the story. Revelation 4, one's the rapture. It talks about all the things he sees, the throne, him that sits on the four beasts. He goes, a whole bunch of stuff he sees in Revelation 4. And, uh, and then Revelation 5, uh, the book becomes important and uh, somebody cries out. That, by the way, this is going to happen. This is, this is a future event that's going to happen. Who's worthy? We're going to hear that. Who's worthy to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof? Well, who's worthy? The lion of the tribe of Judah. The Lord Jesus Christ who came to earth, paid the sin death of the world, died, rose from the grave on the third day, took paradise with him, took captivity captive, led them into heaven. And, uh, and uh, he's, uh, he's now at the right hand of the Father. He's worthy. He's the kinsman redeemer. He's the kinsman redeemer. And here he is. He's over there fellowshipping with the saints. And, so, and John hadn't even seen him yet. John's, of course, pretty captivated about the throne there. And, and, uh, and you didn't see the lamb standing there. A lamb as he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Verse 7, and he came and took the book. Now here's your trinity. Here's a, 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 a guaranteed proof of the Trinity. The word Trinity is not in your Bible, but the, but the doctor of the Trinity is in the Bible. Jesus goes to the throne, reaches out, takes the book out of the right hand of he that sits on that throne. It's got to be God the Father, right? He came, took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And let me say this, Revelation 5 begins with a glimpse of God the Father sitting on the throne with the seven-sealed book in his hand. And I believe that that seven-sealed book is, in fact, the title deed to planet Earth, the title deed to the planet. The, I believe it's the dominion that Adam was given. When Adam sinned, Satan didn't take the kingdom. Adam forfeited the kingdom. There's a big difference there. Adam forfeited the kingdom to Satan when he sinned, all right? So, the seven seal book, title deed to the planet, maybe, you, maybe I haven't convinced you yet, that's okay. I am convinced that the seven seal book is important. I believe it's the, it's the, it's the 
redeeming of planet earth during the tribulation period because it's been under the curse for 6,000 years. The whole world's been groaning in travail with earthquakes and struggles and volcanoes and storms. The world is shaking. And, and the Bible says in the last days, there'll be more earthquakes and more natural things happen. And of course, wars and rumors of wars. And why? Because the world is under a curse and, it's a, and, it's, and it wants to explode and it needs to be redeemed so that Christ can come back and set up a kingdom. The seven seal book, the title deed to the planet is the key to understanding the, the, whole, the whole tribulation period, chapter six, all the way to chapter 19. Remember there's six seals or seven seals and the seventh seal is the seven trumpet judgments. The seventh trumpet when it blows is in fact the seven vials of the wrath of God. Now there's also the three woes in there. The three woes are the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. The seventh, uh, the seventh trumpet is the entire rest of the tribulation period. In fact, the seventh seal is the, is the rest of the entire tribulation period. What's it all about? Read Daniel 9. That's what the whole 70th week of Daniel is about. It has nothing to do with you and me. Daniel 9 has nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with you and I. Daniel 9 is all about 70 weeks have determined upon thy people. Who's thy people, Daniel? Daniel's people ain't Gentiles. They're, they're Jews. Thy people and thy holy city. What's the holy city? It's not Chicago. It's not Boston. It's not that cesspool we call inside the Beltway, Washington, D.C. And, and as far as I'm concerned, when they built that fence around that, we, every American, we should have all went to that fence and we should have blocked that. We should have kept them all in there. And put one gate and let them out one at a time, check them out, make sure they're one of the good guys, and starve them out because they've destroyed the country. And they're, and they're destroying the world now. And uh, there, it's a cesspool there. Anybody ever been to Washington, D.C.? I've been there a couple of times. I, I don't want to go back, I don't think. And uh, something happens to them politicians after they've been there a while. Something happens to them. They get infected with, and it's not coronavirus, they get infected with a, a worse disease. And uh, um, it, it's awful what's happened. Uh, um, so this title deed to the planet has got to be dealt with. Satan is the god of this world. He owns, he owns the world. That's why in Luke 4, he, it was a valid offer. Lord, Jesus, bow down to me and I'll give you the, I'll give you the title deed back. Now, that would have ended everything, obviously. There'd been no cross. There'd been no redemption for man. And, uh, uh, and it wasn't going to happen, I'll tell you that. But the offer was valid because Satan is the god of this world, and this is his kingdom right now. And we, uh, we're, from another, we're, we're from another kingdom now. And uh, All right, so a title deed. What is a title deed real quickly? It's simply a document or a deed containing constituting evidence of ownership. Uh, when mortgaged, the deed is sealed, and only in Bible days anyway, uh, only a near kinsman was granted access to view the debt that was owed on the kingdom. From Genesis to Revelation, get this, get this, get this. It's all about a kingdom. From Genesis through the, through the, through the times of the kings and through the, through the temple and the tabernacle and all that, all the way to Jesus showing up uh, in, the, in the New Testament age and, and all the way to the book of Acts and all the way to the church ages and the final church ages of the outer scenes that we're living in right now and all the way to the rapture and beyond. It's all about a kingdom. And the sooner you realize this, the sooner you'll sleep better at night. What's going, what in the world is going on? i got three things about that. It's a whole sermon, but uh, the world's being prepared 
for the soon return of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. What's going on? Number two, the world's being prepared for the rise of Antichrist in his kingdom. And number three, the world's being prepared for God's final jubilee. God's final jubilee, which, by the way, has to do with property. What is God, what is the Lord coming back to to do? Take back his kingdom. See, the jubilee every 50 years, that jubilee, do you know what happened on a jubilee? All property went back to the original owner. What that means is if you own a house and you sell that house, on the jubilee year, you got a title deed back in the mail, signed over to you, free and clear, you own it again. Hey, what a good deal, huh? You know what? You know how many people are going to buy that property from you a year from the Jubilee? Nobody. Nobody's going to buy that property. You, all you were doing was leasing it because that property would go back to that guy who originally owned it. It was given to him all the way back to the days of Joshua. Uh, it kept the property in the right tribes and in the right possession. God designed it that way. Well, that Jubilee is also prophetic because in 6,000 years of history, guess how many Jubilees there are? 120. Hey, is there something in Genesis about 120? Genesis chapter 6. My spirit shall not always dwell with man, but his days shall be what? 120 years. I believe God is saying, I'm going to deal with man. This is during right before the flood now. I'm going to deal with mankind, but I'm not going to do it forever. I'm going to do it for about 120 jubilees, 6,000 years. Anybody got to watch? We're close to, we're close to that 6,000 year, ain't we? Mine's, mine's not working. I don't have, I don't have a watch. Um, we're getting very close to the Jubilee, the final Jubilee, where all property goes back. So who's the original owner of planet Earth? That's right. He gave it to Adam. Adam forfeited it to Satan. But God has taken it back. But it's going to take a kinsman redeemer to do that. It's all about a kingdom. Hey, this is getting exciting. You're starting to understand what's really going on? You watch this stuff on the news, and by the way, you can't believe, you can't believe half of what America's telling us today. You know, and I hate to say that, I, I'm, I'm a patriotic American. I, I think Putin's the devil. I think he's coming against Israel. There's no doubt about that. But isn't it sad that you almost, you almost believe what he says more than our own government? Does anybody else have this problem besides me? I mean, do you, do you really trust anything that the, the White House says? Or the outhouse? Or They, they lie. You know how you can tell if a politician's lying, right? His lips are moving. And, and by the way, some of our Republicans do. It ain't just the Democrats. The Democrats didn't do this by themselves. Well, the seven-sealed book. We've got to finish here in about five, six minutes. Seven-sealed book. I don't know if that's what it looks like. That's what somebody thinks. Seven-sealed scroll. To understand the seven-sealed seven, seven seven book. And the search for one who was worthy to open it, we need to learn about the law of the kinsman redeemer, the story of Ruth and Boaz, and I've already shared this with you. Three things could be redeemed in Bible days. A widow could be redeemed. A bond slave could be redeemed. You could, you could, somebody could redeem a guy who, had, who owed a debt. He had to work it off by working for the guy that he owes money to. You know, he's called a bond slave. They didn't have slaves like, 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 uh, like the movie Roots. That's not, that's not the slavery of the Bible. A bond, they were bond slaves. In other words, if you owed a debt and you couldn't pay it, well, they don't, just, they don't just slap you on the wrist and say, well, okay, we forgive you. No, you had, to, you, had to, you had to pay it back. How you paid it back? Well, you worked for the guy you owed the money for up to seven years. 
But somebody could come along and pay that debt and redeem you from your bondage. Then you had a choice to make. You could continue as a paid servant or you could leave. And if it was a good master, you, they would stay. Hey, man, I like it here. This guy, take, he's good to me. I'm going to stay and he'll pay me a salary. See, that's the slavery of the boss, the bond slave. That guy could be redeemed by somebody in his family or whatever. And uh, it's got to be a kinsman redeemer, though. The third thing is property. And that's what we're mostly dealing with here today. And uh, property, planted earth's got to be redeemed. That's why there's thorn bushes way back in Genesis 3. He cursed the earth by the sweat of thy brow. You'll, you'll bring forth the, your, your garden there. And he said there'll be thorns and thistles and it'll, it'll fight you every day of your life to, to plant a crop out of that soil. And uh, it's the curse. Wasn't that way before the curse. Three things about a kinsman redeeming. He must be a near kinsman. He's got to be the closest relative to you. Or that guy can back out and the next guy in line comes along like we see in the story of Ruth. He must be able. You got to have moolah. You got to have dineros. You got to have coins, cryptocurrency, gold, silver, dollars. Oh, dollars at the bottom of the list now. Do you know how much money you've lost in your bank account from depreciation or, or, or you know, inflation, whatever they call it? Depreciation is really what it is. Your money's depreciating. That $100 bill, well, Ben Franklin's lost weight. He's my favorite president, by the way. Anybody know which number president Ben Franklin was? I asked this at the banks. I get the people. The banks don't know. Well, I don't know what president he was. Oh, he wasn't a president. He should have been, but he wasn't. You got to be able, you got to have the ability to pay the debt if you're going to be a kinsman redeemer. Guess what? Jesus, he's of the right lineage and he's able, but you also got to be willing. You don't have to re. Boaz didn't have to redeem Naomi's property. He could have said, well, I don't want that. I'm not interested. Could have went his way. Got to be willing. Willing. Now, don't this fit you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. God wants everyone to be saved. He's not willing that anybody die. He's our near kinsman. I guarantee you that he's able to redeem. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills too. And, uh, and he's willing to redeem, praise God. Opening of the seals is vital. The opening of the seals is about the redemption of planet Earth as well as the restoration of the Jewish nation. If, if those seals are not open, then, the, then Israel would not be put back in its place. The kingdom could not be started down here on the earth. And John is weeping. Why is John weeping? Because John knew he was a good student of the Word of God, Mr. John was. And he didn't have a New Testament like you and I do. But John knew some things. John knew that all creation would remain under the curse. That's why he's crying. If the seals don't get open, the book don't get open because John knew what that book was. If that don't get open, if there's nobody worthy, then, then we're doomed. All creation will remain under the curse of uh, the curse. Number two, Israel will not be restored. And he's part of that, by the way, John. Israel won't be restored. Man, that's bad news. We've been, we've been waiting for the kingdom for thousands of years and, and now it looks like it's over. That's bad. That's something to cry about. The kingdom would not be ushered in. No king, no coming back to the earth to set up a kingdom. That's bad. Because uh, uh, that's bad because uh, scripture now becomes unfulfilled. There are promises in the Bible. There's prophecies. If, if the seals don't get opened and the earth get redeemed and Christ comes back on the white horse, goes to the temple, sets up the kingdom. If that doesn't happen, the Bible's not true. That's something to cry about. Makes God a liar. 
Listen, if God said something and don't come to pass, it's a lie. It's a lie. Now you wonder, why is Jesus crying? Why is John crying in heaven uncontrollably? He knows these things. That book's got to get opened. The earth's got to be redeemed. We've got to go back to there set up this kingdom we've been waiting on. And all of a sudden, who's worthy to open the book and loose the seven seal? Nobody. But praise God, suddenly here he comes. Somebody wrote a song, here comes Jesus, he's coming after me. I don't know the rest of it, but um, uh, here he comes. Up to the throne he goes, takes the book out of the right hand of he that sitteth on the throne. And then, I uh, like this, chapter 6, he opens the first seal. Listen now. Remember the four beasts? We didn't talk about them. But the four beasts that are described in Revelation 4. I'm not sure what they are, some kind of angelic being. Four beasts who, uh, who worship God and cry glory to God every minute of every day. One of those four beasts, it's almost comical. He says, hey, John, come here. You got to see this. Come here, come here, John. And John comes over. I'm ad-libbing here, of course. But, and I can picture John look, hanging, looking over the balcony of heaven, hanging on to the knob like I am. I'm not sure I trust this thing. But uh, remember that missionary that fell off the platform years ago? There were no steps back. You weren't here. There were no steps here. I was here. I was sitting right over here. And uh, it seems like it was higher than this, but it was high. Off the platform, was high. there were no steps. And that missionary was preaching. He'd walk around. All of a sudden, the unedible happened. He went beyond the point of no return. He was a big guy, too. And over he went. But he knew how to drop and roll. And he got up and kept right on preaching. <laughs> you remember that? Never got a lawsuit or nothing from his family, I guess. But uh, anyway, it wasn't long after that they, they put some steps here. But John, come and see, John. He opens the first seal. John looks over the balcony of heaven down to the earth. What does he see? A, a white horse with a man on it. Who is that white horse? Well, that's Jesus, right? Jesus coming on a white horse. No, Jesus, Jesus just opened the seal. He's not down there. That's the Antichrist. That's the false Christ. That's the counterfeiter. And he's there. And he's on a white horse and a crown is placed on his head. What just happened there? A guy just fought for the kingdom. He fought a battle for a kingdom and he won. That's why he's on a white horse and that's why he's crowned. He becomes the leader of the world. Just about done here. Seven sealed book. He's willing to redeem us. He's our near kinsman. Jesus is able to redeem us. And, uh, and this, this is the end of the story. Is he your redeemer? See, all I said won't matter a hill of beans when that trumpet sounds and the kinsman redeemer comes for us because he's, he's the near kinsman and he's able and he's willing. But if you have not been washed in the blood, if you hadn't had the blood applied, like those, uh, like in Exodus, uh, when they put the blood on the door, but when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. If you don't have that blood, when that trumpet sounds, you will be left behind. You will be left here. The rest of the saved will go to heaven, and the events that we just talked about are going to transpire. We're going to see that throne. We're going to see he that sateth on the throne, or sitteth on the throne. And uh, we're going to see the, the lamb as he had been slain. We're going to see him take the book out of the right hand of the Father. We're going to see him open the seal. And the redemption process of planet Earth, we call the tribulation. The Old Testament calls it the 70th week of Daniel. Uh, it's also called the second half of the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. It's called a time like no other time in 
in the history of the world. It's terrible. It's death. Uh, half the world will die in the first three and a half years alone. You don't want to be here for that. You don't want to be here when, when Satan is, is, leaves heaven. And in Revelation 9, I saw a star fall from heaven. It's Satan. He said, I didn't know it's Satan. Well, he's got a, he's got a key in his hand. Any, any stars in heaven got little hands with keys in their hand? I don't think so. It's Satan. He's given the keys and he opens the bottomless pit and the devils come out. And for five months, they're going to torment men on the earth. And the Bible says for five months, nobody dies. Think about that. I visualize people jumping off buildings, laying on the pavement below and twitching and still alive and in pain and suffering. There'll be people who will shoot their brains out trying to get away from the torment. And, they, and yet, the Bible says no man dies for five months. Now, God said it. I'm going to just believe what God said. Amen. Death is in the hands of God. You're, you're not in charge of death. Amen. It's going to be a bad time. You don't want to be here for that. You don't want to be, well, uh, uh, and by the way, you don't want your loved ones here for that. Well, I, uh, I, my loved ones will get saved as soon as the rapture happens. That's not what my Bible says. There'll be people saved during the tribulation, but not till the middle. Your loved one's got to make it through three and a half years of hell on earth before they even have a chance to understand the gospel. Remember, he just took all the saints off. It ain't about that now. It's about the wrath of God poured out on the earth. And boy, when you get to the seven vials of the wrath of God, you ain't seen nothing yet. The first begins with man, kind of man fighting man. Then it's Satan unleashing in the middle of the tribulation, unleashing his wrath uh, on the Jews mainly. Uh, but then the last part is God himself, the seven vials of the wrath of God. I don't want to be a part of that. So the seven seal book, very important to understand. Very important to understand. And very important that you have a kinsman redeemer. Would you you bow your heads, please? Let's stand to our feet.